Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the Game Call Podcast. Uh, we're here for podcast number 63. With me today are Christian Porter, Michael Gray, and Joseph Martin. Everyone introduce yourselves. Hi, I'm Christian Porter. You may know me from Top of the Heap, Speak American, and Tinfoil Hats, whatever, Power <laughs> Gloves and Tinfoil Hats. Uh, hello, I'm Michael Gray. I'm mostly doing videos for Game Cola at this point in time. I'm doing a video walkthrough for um, Virtuous Last Reward, Zero Escape, uh, Phoenix Wright, Ace Attorney, and something else. I'm Joseph Martin, and I'm a harmonica. Oh, wow. It's quite the lineup that we've got here today. <laughs> I also write articles for GameCola.net. And am working on trying to do some fabricated news. Mm. And I'm Jetty. I run the website now. So uh, we're here today to talk about video games. But actually, first, I would like to get out of the way. I totally forgot this last time. Our one listener mail. So are we ready, everybody? Heck yeah. Ooh. Hey. Question. Hello. Recently, I've been playing a bunch of visual novels. Not having to worry about dying while in combat or skipping over a quest is kind of relaxing. So I have a question for you guys. What visual novels have you played, and what did you think of them? Sent from Samsung Tablet. Well, Samsung Tablet. I have played a few recently. Uh, Katawa Shoujo I've talked about. Very good, very well written. Legitimately good, even though it looks like it's going to be funny and jokey. It's not at all. It's actually really well written. Shuffle, I played recently. It was a little stupid. Uh, they're mostly stupid, really. I can't even remember the names of the other ones I've played. They're pretty much all stupid. What is the pigeon? Or the ones I play, anyway. What is the pigeon one that Paul always goes on about? That is uh, Hatoful Boyfriend. Oh, yes. I, I still need to play that one. I know. Michael Gray, don't you play some on the iPhone or something? Um, you are thinking of Diana Gray, but I can get you a list of all the games she recommends. Mm. She basically plays them because they're free, I, I think. <laughs> free iPad games, so um, she has an iPad game, but you can play iPhone games on your iPad too. Where's the list? Be My Princess, uh, Celebrity Darling. Let's see some of the others. My Sweet Body. That sounds dangerous. My sweet body guard. Sorry. <laughs> My iPad is making this game sound worse than it actually is. Or better, depending on whether or not you're Matt Gardner. Yeah. Love letter from Thief X. In your arms tonight. And a Prince's Proposal. Wow. So they're all by Voltage Inc. So just if you have an iPad, just search for Voltage Inc. And they've got a bunch of free... Uh, iPad visual novels that you can play, mostly of the dating type. Actually, you know what? I totally forgot. I'm actually playing one right now for the Wii. <laughs> As your... Uh, oh, not right now. <laughs> uh, Sakura Wars I'm playing, which I think Paul was a big fan of. Yeah, I was just going to say that. What was it? I feel like he said that it was an RPG, but he liked it because there were no RPG elements to it or something like that. Well, it's like a... I guess it's a dating sim. I haven't gotten to the dating part, but... You're part of this, like, kind of Broadway show during the day, <laughs> and at night you travel in mechas and fight evil beings. Yeah, well, it's a Japanese so game. So it has kind of a, a visual novel strategy 
crossover, so it's pretty good. It, it like, breaks up the tedium of both genres with the other. <laughs> yes. Well, we actually gave some useful advice for once. That's good. Well, oh, and there are the games that I'm recording for the game Cola YouTube, which are, you know, Phoenix Wright, Ace Attorney, and Zero Escape Virtue's Last Reward, but I already mentioned them. Yes. So did you guys know that there is a new Phoenix Wright game coming out? No, I wish there had been, like, 12 articles every single day from Diana informing me of this situation. Maybe if Game Cola staff cared about that game franchise, I'd hear something more about it. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I think since Paul left, he was the only one who liked Phoenix Wright. So. Yeah. Although, honestly, she's been uh, our top contributor as of late. If it wasn't for her, <laughs> the site would be empty. Well, I mean, she's the one who convinced me to do the uh, Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney uh, video walkthrough. Basically, someday, you know, like within the next month or so, I'll send out a staff email asking if anybody wants to do commentary on that. And she's expecting to do it with Anna. And she's expecting you to sign up, Jetty. I'm not sure how that's going to work. Interesting. I've never played before. Well, neither has Anna, so that's why Diana is expecting Uh, her to sign up. Apparently the idea is to get people who have never played before to commentate on the game. Oh, okay. Because that way they won't know what's happening, and that's going to make it better somehow? Well, okay, Okay. isn't like most of this stuff on our YouTube either like somebody totally just tearing it up, doing the best because they played it a billion times, or someone playing a game they've never played before and just utterly failing? Yeah, there's there's no, like, in the middle of somebody who's just played this game, like, once or twice. You want hits, you gotta go to extremes. Yeah, it's either Matt Jonas playing Sonic with a blindfold on, <laughs> or uh, Michael Gray playing Final Fantasy VI. Oh, that game was horrible. <laughs> uh, see, what uh, that brings us to today's topic, which was E3 2013. Aren't they, like, remaking video games? Some sort of Final Fantasy game? Are they? Do they still have Final Isn't that what Square's entire business model has been for years? <laughs> remake Final Fantasy VI? Basically. Well, no, no, no. It's um, They're remaking like Final Fantasy X-12 or something like that. Oh, yeah. In the hopes. Yeah. And they're saying if everybody buys this, then we'll remake uh, Final Fantasy VII. That's right, yeah. It was uh, Final Fantasy X HD or something, wasn't it? I think it was X. Or was it X-2 or something? I don't know. Oh, you know they're going to milk it, though. They'll go through every single Final Fantasy that no one cares about just until they get to 7. <laughs> you know, you got to buy this one. Final Fantasy guys. 1080p. <laughs> Final Fantasy Mystic Quest HD, you know. Yep. <laughs> it's coming. Yes, Chocobo Racing HD. I like that one. I played that Actually, one a lot. That was, that was one of the good parts of Final Fantasy VI. I take that back. <laughs> that was the only good part when you, you jumped on the Chocobo and they played like techno music. Yeah, and it went into mode 7. Yeah, and then you, you didn't have to do any fighting or suffer through horrible plots. It was great. <laughs> so here's a question about RPGs. Um, in Final Fantasy VI, there's a huge segment where it stops being an RPG and you like enter a play and stuff like that. Yes. Do people like that at all? when the RPG just stops being an RPG for a, for an hour or so? Uh, I remember when I first played that, I was like, whoa, this is so cool, I really like this. Part. Yeah, me too. I remember at the time, it was really it was really something different, so I was like, wow, this is really something. That's, they have music that actually sounds like it might be made by an instrument? <laughs> or... 
Although, uh, wasn't there an article on Game Cola recently that was like complaining about games? Or yeah, it was uh, the ominous voice recently. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's so cliche. Uh, mini edition talking about mini games. Yeah. And that's why I brought it up. Yeah, no, and it's pretty much universally hated. Like, and and the way that he argues it, it makes a lot of sense. Although, I don't know, in that specific case, it might have just been a fluke that they accidentally did something good for once. But uh, from I've heard that like the reason that developers do that is it has to do with like pacing. And where instead of just action, action, action all the time, they have to pull it back a little bit. And sometimes the only way they can think to do that is to just make a mini game that breaks up the flow so you're not always doing the same thing. It's not as good as the regular game, but it makes the rest of the game better by comparison almost. (laughs) Yeah, that makes sense. Well, obviously, you know, because that game doesn't have an interesting story to break up the action. (laughs) Yes. Well, like everybody turns in the Vesper Holly. It's fantastic. I just remember there were a couple of times in Lufia. I think it was specifically Lufia too. There was a like a casino area for a while where you would just like play casino games, and then there was another that was like this randomly generated dungeon that you went down into, and they were both sort of mini games, like within the game. I'm recently, um, are we going to do a segment where we talk about what games we're playing now? We could. What games are you playing now? Well, no, I was going to complain a bit about Legend of Zelda Wind Waker, which I'm playing. It, it's interesting because they made two Zelda games for the GameCube. And the first one has the problem of there's really no break in between the dungeons in the game. It's just like dungeon, then dungeon, and then dungeon. So with the second GameCube game, they decided to break it up, and so there's an hour-long break of other stuff in between each dungeon. Oh yeah, I think you've complained. Really... I think you've complained about this before. Yeah. So no, I'm just saying the first game has the problem of there's nothing to do in between the dungeons. It's dungeon, dungeon, and dungeon. Yeah. And so with the next game, they went the other route and put a bunch of useless time-wasting stuff yeah. to break up the dungeons. Yeah. And so both games end up being a critical failure. Yes, they rolled a one. <laughs> Christian Porter got the joke. Yay! I got the joke. You didn't I, oh, chuckle that was a joke. at it. I chuckled softly. I chuckled so softly you didn't hear me chuckle. That's how much I understood the joke. But uh, I don't know what games is everybody. What games are? What what games are you guys playing now? Sakura Wars. And sadly, it's the game I chose over Super Mario Galaxy. I'm broken and terrible and wrong, but I, I tried playing it, and I was like, I can't get into this. I believe I'll play Soccer Rewards. <laughs> it's, it's an okay game. I prefer the sequel because, you know, they got the issues of the first game out of the way, I suppose. Soccer Wars or no, start Super Mario Galaxy? Super Mario Galaxy 2. Okay. Just like how Super Mario Brothers 2 is clearly the best Super Mario Brothers for the NES. Yeah. I do love that game. <laughs> I don't really enjoy Super Mario Brothers 3. I thought that game was really bad, and I was surprised to find out that it is the most popular game ever. Yeah. Just me, though. What about you, Joseph? What games are you playing? I am playing... I'm replaying Pokemon Platinum 
my brother and I did this thing where we chose out Pokemon for each of us to play through the game with. So, like, we traded it onto the game so that you could start out with them. Which ended up running into the unexpected having to deal with the gym badge um, limit on Pokemon trades. Which has never been an issue, really. Because hmm. So, when you, you can trade pretty much from... You, you play for the game for, like, 15 minutes and get up to the point where you can start trading. So to keep you from just trading, like, a maximum level Pokemon and then just breezing through the game, you have to have a certain number of gym badges in order to use Pokemon of a certain level. So once you get two gym badges, any traded Pokemon up to level 30 will obey you. Hmm. So... And this threshold gets to the point, like, by the time you have six, it, you can get level 70 Pokemon, and at that point, that's way beyond what you need. But early on in the game, the gym leaders have, like, level 20, and anything above level 10 doesn't work very well. Yeah. It, you'll, you'll attack about a fourth of the time, and of that fourth of the time, half of that, they'll use a move that you didn't choose <laughs> yeah. so you basically have to grind until it gets to the point where they can attack every four turns and still be able to win yeah so that was a challenge but i've gotten past that point so it's been a lot more smooth and then i've also been playing mario kart because i was challenged and i need to practice and it is not as easy as I remember it being when I played it when I was younger. The handling is a lot more loose than like every other Mario Kart game. It's Double Dash. Oh. It's surprisingly loose controls compared to the other Mario Kart games. I like that one. That one might be my favorite one. No, I like it a lot, but it just surprised me. It's Yeah, yeah it's my favorite, mainly because of the Double Dash part where you can like team up and stuff. But it's just it's a lot different than the controls of all the other games. Yeah. How about you, Daddy? What are you playing? I was going to say is, uh, I don't know if it really counts. Uh, it doesn't. Oh, okay. No, uh, Unless it's a calculator game. I get it. It was a joke, right? Anyways. Anyway, no, because uh, I've been making my own game, and so I have to play that. I haven't really been playing any games. I've just been focusing on testing this thing over and over and making new levels and stuff. Runner Girl? Yes. Is that what it was? Yes. Ah, I remember. Yeah. And uh, I've been progressively making new levels and closing in on wrapping it up, but you know, every level I have to test over and over and make sure that it works properly and that it's not too easy, not too hard, whatever. Uh, so, And uh, in between doing that, I will watch... Uh, Paul's Let's Play of Earthbound on the Game Cola YouTube channel, gc.net. That's coming out on the Wii U Shop channel soon. Oh yeah, everyone was talking about that. And it's not even a remake, it's just like, the game again. Mm. So I think why everyone's just happy it's not being game? modified. Wait, who said what? No, I was going to complain about the game, but it's popular, so I'll just be quiet. <laughs> what were you saying, Christian? I think everyone's just happy that it's not being modified. Everyone's always assumed, like, because it has so many samples in it and pop culture references, oh. that the reason it wasn't being released was for legal reasons. And I guess they pretty much said, no, it wasn't that. We just hate you guys. 
Well, why like would pop culture suffer? references need to be censored? Why? Well, maybe not I those. Think... I don't know. There was, like, some really, really blatant ripoff. I mean, it was, of course, it was, like, spoof, but I think people were worried that Nintendo was just erring on the side of overly cautious and expecting to get sued by whoever. But I guess There's not. Like the one thing that video gamers on the internet hate is pop culture references. That's right. <laughs> yes. There's an actual list of pop culture references. I'll see if I can find them. Like all of them? The Runway 5 are too similar to the Blues Brothers. Ooh. ooh oh, yeah. in, in Earthbound. I thought you meant of, like, ever. All ever. Everywhere. <laughs> no, the, the crosses in Earthbound, the hospital had a red cross on it, but that's a trademark of the Red Cross organization. Yeah, they're actually apparently pretty litigious about that, too. Weird. Red crosses on the nurses' hats, those are illegal now. Grateful Dead Valley was a copyright-infringing Grateful Dead. Like, is it really... Just like, a, like, Scrolls was copyright the Elder Scrolls. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The flying machine is called the Skywalker, and they were afraid that Star Wars would sue them. Yeah. So now so it's the Star it Runner. Sky wow. Runner. Weird. I thought George Lucas was usually pretty lax about that kind of stuff, though. At least he used to be back, like, when it first came out. I don't know, maybe now it's not the same. Maybe so. I guess they didn't want to risk it. Yeah, there's a lot of things like that. Like, yeah, but seriously, Skywalker is two words, and in Star Wars <laughs> it's one word, and it's a flying machine that lets you walk in the sky. How is this a legal issue? I know. I'm sure I'm sure it would have been perfectly fine, but yeah, they erred on the side of caution with everything. So people thought they got even overly cautious from what they already censored. Yeah, I don't know, like, I can understand the Red Cross thing, because, like, I've spoken before about how ridiculous Tetris is about its... Tetris concept, like that, it literally has a patent on the concept of the game Tetris and like Tetris <laughs> blocks and everything, and like the way that it looks and the way that it's played is all like you can get sued over anything even remotely resembling it, apparently. So, the Alexei Pajanov's like, gonna get his cash money. It's the rules. So, even like those puzzle games where like you match things as they fall, would that fall under that? Like, where you get, like, four in a row? No. Or, like, that's, connecting? That's different. It's specifically, like... I forgot what the exact description was, but it was, like, four individual blocks made into the Tetris shapes falling from top to bottom and, like, making lines that are then deleted. Like Okay, so... Yeah, so, like, uh, things like Bejeweled or whatever aren't an issue... But, uh, like, literally the the look of the blocks is very specifically copyrighted. And uh, also the concept of, like, things falling from top to bottom, and when it lines up in a row, it gets cleared. <laughs> so so c- could I copyright, like, a, a game where, you know, my characters go around killing enemies? Oh, what was it? Uh, was it Crazy Taxi that got sued, or was it Crazy Taxi doing the suing? I think it was the the Simpsons racing game. They were doing the suing, yeah. Okay, yeah, because I remember that one was uh, another ridiculous thing where it's like they were trying to say that like when you drive through a crowd of people and the people dodge out of the way, they're like, oh, that was in our game. They're totally ripping us off. 
<laughs> and stuff like yeah. arrows that show you the direction to go. <laughs> yeah, the directional arrows. I remember I saw the the actual U.S. Patent Office sketch that they made. <laughs> yeah, and they were like, "See, this is ours. You can't take it." Yeah, that sounds about as ridiculous as claiming a mystery movie is a ripoff because they said the butler did it. Yeah, I don't know. Just it gets ridiculous. So that's why there's no innovation in the video game industry anymore. Yeah, that's right. Everyone's if you try something new, we'll sue you. Yeah. Didn't Weird Al write a song about that? I'll sue you. Jenny, isn't your uh, game going to get sued for obvious similarities to uh, Jetpack Joyride and Temple Run and all these other running games? Cannibal. Because you, you don't own the concept of a game with somebody running. If it hasn't been patented yet, I could patent it and then, like, sue everyone else. Why don't you? I should... I should go do that right now. Patent the concept of running. <laughs> running in video games. Yes. No, 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 just running. Just at <laughs> just all. Running. If you run, you have to give them money. Well, it's like... Uh, oh, man, you need so much money for marathons. The, the companies that, uh, was it, they're trying to patent genes, and, like, they literally wanted to patent, like, naturally occurring genes. And it's like, are you kidding me? Like, oh, am, am I a, oh, a copyright? Yeah, I thought blue jeans, too. Oh. Yeah, I thought blue jeans, yeah. yeah. No, no, like, uh, human genes, like, DNA. And they wanted to, like, be able to patent naturally recurring one. It's like, are you kidding me? So, like, am I copyright infringement by being born? Or, uh, was it apparently, I think it's Warner Brothers that currently owns the, uh, Happy Birthday song, and... They're being they're being sued for like their millions of dollars a year, like forty million a year or whatever it was that they are currently earning uh, because of that. And it's being argued that basically everyone owns it because everyone uses it, and it was made in like the eighteen hundreds. And just because they like bought the company that bought the company that vaguely it was made in the forties, wasn't it? According to the article I read, it was in like the late 1800s and there were two people who wrote that song and you know had it filed so i mean yeah well it was also already in use before they put it to paper and like saved it for all eternity uh and they actually what was it it was the uh the good morning song originally and then they put the words happy birthday to it later i don't know Good morning to you, good morning to you. Hey, you're right. Those are the exact same song. Whoa. You know, uh, the alphabet song is also Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. Wait, it took what? me so long to learn that, but yeah, I learned that when I was like in my 20s, and I was like, oh, holy crap, that's, it is. <laughs> yeah. Wait, wait, wait. The two songs are different. The two songs are different. There, there's a, a musical note that you put over the person's name and happy birthday to you just in case somebody has a super long name, and you have to stretch that note out for a long time. I actually, uh... So, you know, so it's happy birthday, dear Rumpelstiltskin. It's, it's got the little squiggle which says, hold this note as long as necessary. <laughs> well, what was it? I always wondered what happens in, like, uh, the name game if somebody has a really long name. Like, what was it? Alex, Alex, Bob, Alex, Banana, Fana, Fofalex, whatever. Like, what if... Some... Phallic. <laughs> Good one. I should have known Christian Porter would pick up on that. <laughs> but, 
But like, what if I was to be like Jedrzak, Jedrzak, Bo Bedrzak, Banana <laughs> It starts getting a little long and ridiculous. That's just when your friends say, I don't want to play with you anymore. <laughs> this game's stupid. Yes. Or Alec, uh, I'm not Alexander. I'm actually just Alex. But like, Alexander, Alexander, Bob Alexander. Or my son, Maximilian, Maximilian, Bob Maximilian. Yes. Oh, so you're you're Goofy from uh, Goof Troop. Oh. I knew it. Well, Is okay. Well, me? here's the thing with, I don't know. We're, we get keep... We keep getting hung up on things which have nothing to do with video games. But, is that um, new? The Happy Birthday song is not copyrighted what? in Canada, but it, huh. it's copyrighted in the United States because they have different copyright expiration laws. Interesting. They have something like 50 years after the death of the creator, whereas we have, uh, gosh, I should know, everything before 1923 is uh, public domain in our country. Mm. But Disney didn't want yeah, Mickey Mouse right. to fall under public domain, so they basically paid off Congress to extend the copyright date. <laughs> I heard it was like 75 years or 50 years if like the copyright isn't renewed. Yeah, that sounds right. Britain, I, I know this because I've done work with like Project Berg and releasing these old public domain books. Britain has 75 years, Canada's 50 so Peter Pan is still under copyright in uh, Britain, but it's not here. Hmm. That's one of those weird things. And in the 30s, sometime our rules are going to change, but I presume Disney is just going to pay off the Congress again to just extend the deadline. Oh, man, but if that ever goes public domain, I can make my own Disney World. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, it's both Mickey Mouse and Winnie the Pooh who will be uh, going public domain so well, like, little by little i don't know if you guys have heard anything he's still copyrighted as a mascot though but you know oh. not as a character i don't know if you guys have heard anything being that you don't live in florida but it might be kind of national news about uh disney basically paying off local legislators so that they don't have to pay for sick leave for their employees wait they I don't didn't hear about so it disney I'm surprised. Have... well explain this to me i don't see how this works like, okay, they were making it a law that, like, employers of a certain size that uh, employ employees for a certain number of hours, blah, blah, blah. Uh, basically, Disney met all of those, and so they would have had to have paid for sick leave for, like, the vast majority of their employees. And they're like, ha, 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 we're not going to do this. And basically, like, not only just for Disney, but for every company in the state, like, this legislation affects everyone. So there are millions of employees who now are, like, not eligible for sick leave. <laughs> so if they get sick, they're just, they don't get paid at all? If they have to take time off. Because Disney obviously can't afford to pay for sick leave. It, it doesn't make that much money. Yeah. Small mom and pop company <laughs> like that? <laughs> yeah. No, actually, the uh, Disney World news that's been uh, in the news over here on the West Coast is um, people from New York paying like crippled people to pretend to be their family <laughs> <Yes>. members <laughs> so they can get to the front of the line in Disney World. Rich people having a pet cripple so they can get to the front of the line. It's terrible. It's the worst thing ever. And the, the prices are kind of, what was it, like $4,000 an hour? Oh my god, was that what it was? I didn't see the prices. Like, Oh no, they listed the prices. <laughs> I want to check now. Can't they just like 
pay for the speed pass or whatever it's called. Like <laughs> it's free. Oh, oh that's right. <laughs> I I don't I don't I mean it's not that bad I guess I mean imagine being the person who went like you get paid four thousand dollars an hour to go on Splash Mountain. <laughs> Fine with rich people. <laughs> Or is that the, exploit me all day long if you want? Or is that the drawback you have to hang out with these people? Yeah, people—they're probably douchebags. You probably have to spend the whole day with douchebags, but yeah, you're getting paid to be a Disney. Well, I heard something about like uh, some like oil prince went to uh, Euro Disney and basically like bought half the park for the day <laughs> and like paid. <laughs> To have special appearances by like characters that Disney loan no longer really cares about, basically. <laughs> yeah, they'll they'll do that. I actually went to a private party at uh, Universal Studios in California. Yeah. I think it was like Warner Brothers or something because my parents owned a video store, so I went there with at a convention. So they just told Universal, "Hey, stay open another five hours," and they just let people go in. It was totally awesome. Wow. Hmm. So, so wait, what did you say about characters nobody cares about anymore? Yes, well, I, I don't remember who the characters were. I could probably look it up. But, uh, like, basically characters... Because, you know, they have the, like, face characters and costume characters that walk around. Yeah, yeah, so, I mean, they've still got, like, the Clarabelle cow costume somewhere. Yeah, and basically... I'd be psyched. I'd be like, oh, bring me all the sword and the stone that you have. <laughs> I want Mad Madam Mim, I want Merlin, I want them all out here. Uh, Merlin makes regular appearances at the Sword in the Stone uh, production in Disneyland. Yeah. Uh, it's my favorite Disney movie, and I never see it represented anywhere. It makes me so sad. Oh, okay. Oh, oh. oh well, just go to Disneyland and go to the Sword in the Stone production that he does. He, it's just a guy dressed up like Merlin comes up and entertains the crowd. Deal. And he challenges people from the crowd to uh, lift up the sword from the stone. And it's rigged so that, you know, they have like a eight-year-old kid be able to pull it while the big strong man can't. <laughs> okay, I, I just Googled it and it says, Saudi prince drops $20 million in Disney spending spree. Uh, reserved <laughs> parts of Disneyland Paris for himself and 60 guests. Tailor-made events involving rare Disney characters that... Reference compelled us to Google rare Disney characters. Turns out there are many, including Clarabelle Cow, Scrooge McDuck, and Friar Tuck. Awesome. Uh, wow. They have a Friar Tuck costume? Well, no. <laughs> I don't see him hanging around anymore. No word uh, which characters suited up for the prince, however. I love that he had to go in there and be like, none but the most <laughs> exclusive characters. I want Scrooge and I want him now. Yeah, Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> Bring me my fly Friar yeah, Tuck. <laughs> No, I don't even want Robin Hood. <laughs> yeah. Segwaying like, from it's Scrooge like hipster day. McDuck. So, is this the DuckTales remastered or whatever? Video games. Yes, we're talking about oh, don't bother trying uh, to segue. This is never going to make it in the podcast. <laughs> or is it? <laughs> uh, depends on... Yeah. No, but uh, um, not to interrupt, but I found the price. It's one thirty an hour for the black market Disney guides. Oh, not so much. That's... No. That's a lot less than a, like a thousand an hour. I was thinking of a thousand forty, which would be for four, which would be for an eight-hour oh, okay. day. Sweet deal. So it's like a thousand I mean, a day. That's still pretty good. Like fifty-two hundred a week. Disney now I just want to stand outside the gates and be like, paraplegics, we got paraplegics <laughs> over here. <laughs> Buy one, get one free. <laughs> <laughs> 
Get one for your family, get one for your your friend's family. 50% off. I seem to remember doing something similar when my mother was pregnant with my younger sister, though, so... Very much did take advantage of the uh, skip to the front of the line I thought thing. You're trying to say that you tried to get twins. <laughs> what? No. What? Buy one, get one free. I don't know. <laughs> so yes, Ducktales remastered. Is it going to have the dead voice actor for Launchpad McQuack or whatever? Um, that was actually Gyro Gearloose oh, and uh, Mrs. Beasley. They're both they're both dead at this point. But Disney is going to revive them. You know, bring them back from the grave. They've been on ice. Well, I think one of the official things they mentioned was that the approved Disney actors, which made me uh, a little concerned, because that was like an official quote. So it's like, wait a minute, you're going to have people who are covering for voice actors, but the real voice actors are still alive? I don't know. Have have you ever seen the show, uh, like, Mickey Mouse Clubhouse? Yes. Mm-hmm. Or not Clubhouse, the Club Mickey Mouse, or wherever the one is where House they have all the Disney characters. House the House of, of Mouse. Mouse. And, and, you know, in some cases, they didn't, you know, the original actors were still alive, but they just got voice doubles instead. Mm. So, well, I mean, that that's why I'm worried that some of the voice actors in the new DuckTales game will just be approved voice doubles as opposed to the officials. Like, apparently, the guy who did the uh, Kool Aid Man. They randomly fired him at some point and hired somebody who sounded, quote, more urban. (laughs) But then, like, that was a total failure. So they went back to somebody who sounded like the original guy, but wasn't him. So, like, you know, oh, yeah, that guy is still alive and not hired by Kool-Aid anymore. So even though they're using somebody who sounds like him. That's rough luck. No, I think that's why uh, Mel Blanc left Disney, because he was scheduled to be like a major character in uh, Pinocchio, but then they cut out all his lines. Yeah, yeah he, plays, he plays the cat who's hanging around with the uh, fox, Honest John. Okay. And so he does three hiccups over the course of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the extent of his voice acting. It's like, huh, Mel Blanc never did voice acting for Disney again. What do you know? He switched to Warner Brothers. Yeah. And it's funny, because he actually knows how to voice act, because he went on to, like, do 50,000 characters. I mean, I heard his hiccups, so... Yeah, I remember those hiccups. That was something they did with Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs 2, with uh, Dopey being a mute character, but he can hiccup. So, is, is that something that happens in real life? People who can't make any sounds at all from their throats can still make hiccups? Probably. Hmm. I mean, they can still make breathing noises, I imagine. Well, Dopey was also able to go shh. Yeah, it's a breathing. He's able to make the shushing sound. Well, yeah, you can you can certainly do that because that's just sound coming out of your like teeth and stuff. Yeah, but talking is like sound coming out of your teeth and stuff. <laughs> it's air, not vocal cord vibrations. I don't know. All I know is that I've got irregular vocal cords. I wonder if you can whisper without vocal cords. I don't know. Well, like birds, you know, birds can talk and they don't really have. Some birds can talk. Yes. Big bird. Uh, what was his name? Iago. Thank you. <laughs> yes. I kept thinking Eeyore. And I'm like, <laughs> 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 yes, Tweety Bird, yes. Mm-hmm. Some birds yeah, can talk. Yeah, parrots can talk. But, uh... Flamingos have tongues. Can flamingos talk? 
I don't think it's the tongue. Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, Never like, mind. I think most birds have tongues. I think most things have tongues. Really? It is sort of weird. Oh, to that's th- disturbing. It is sort okay. of weird to think that we have this like tentacle in our mouth. Just saying. Oh, that's that. the only place <laughs> you have you tentacles. Like that. <laughs> I don't know, well, it's like we have, like, a little hand in our mouth that reaches out and grabs food. <laughs> yeah, but you have to remember that the majority of the tongue is contained inside the throat, food? right? <laughs> I don't know. Like, well, like, have you ever seen, like, uh, clams or oysters or something, like, walk and eat and stuff? Like, they basically just, like, stick their tongue out and they're like, and it's like... They legitimately have a little tentacle, and it's like, well, you know, that's kind of what the tongue is, like, except that we don't walk with ours. You don't. (laughs) I know giraffe tongues are over a foot long, and it looks weird when they just stick them out all the way, but they're giraffes. Actually, uh, was it Christian, did you see that I reposted, uh, Magic Pendjil? Yes. It's funny, because I was just talking about that the night before. Oh, interesting. Because my friends were playing um, Freaky Forms for the 3DS. Oh. Is it kind of a similar game? Kinda. I guess, like, you draw... Yeah, yeah, you draw the parts of the bodies, and, like, they just move around and do stuff. Well, how did that work? Like, were you given an amount of points that you could spend or something to make the monsters? Like, Yeah. At first, you could... Like, you were given parts, and you were given ink. <laughs> so, like, at first, you could draw, like, a torso and a head... And you were just given a little bit of ink, so you could draw a little torso and a little head. And then later on, you earn more ink and more parts, so you could draw a hand. And you were given more to draw it with, and you could draw, I think, a weapon. I think you could draw weapons and legs and feet and all that stuff. Interesting. It just became wieners for me, though. (laughs) All wieners. (laughs) But technically, it was feet and legs and arms and swords. (laughs) So, (laughs) what was the baboon gonorrhea guy made out of? <laughs> uh, I think that the big penis was an arm. <laughs> okay. And actually, it wasn't so much a baboon ass. I was actually trying to just draw balls. <laughs> but it came out the other side, so it looked like a baboon ass. But that's, I think, one arm. And the rest of it is... I think his head and his body are both torso. I just kind of drew them together. Okay. This was all like seven years ago, though, so I don't. Yeah, that was the really... that was the weird thing that I was realizing is like that the review was from 2007. I was like, wow. I know, because like it was on the PlayStation 2. Yeah, I felt like it was recent, and then I saw the date. I was like, oh, I'm I'm old, because I mentioned I was 26, and I was like, oh, that makes me sad. So yeah, art and video games. Speaking of drawing monsters, art and video games, which is a topic that's been on my topic pile for a while. Does anyone want care to talk about? So, like, art in video games. Yeah, but not, like, classical art, like, oh, this video game features the Mona Lisa, or, like, uh, Mario Paint. But, like... Oh, well, I I had a list of video games that featured the Mona Lisa, so I I guess I'll just throw that out now. Was it, like, 6,348 different games that all... Oh yeah, the Mona Lisa is a popular theme in uh, video games yeah. of the um, 1994 to 1996 era. Yeah, but uh, no, it's been on the topic, or it's been on the pile for a while. I was kind of trying to trick Colin into being on the podcast, and he was like, oh yeah, I'd be interested in that, and then he didn't show up. But uh, 
don't know, like, do we do we care? Like, now that we're entering into this new new generation, uh, like, I can legitimately say, like, the graphics are getting more realistic, and like, it is rather. Whoa, impressive. whoa, 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 whoa! Games are having more realistic graphics since when? Uh, since E3 was announced. Whoa. Whoa. E3 was announced? Yes. I don't know. <laughs> Which would be what, like, how long has it been going on? 14 years or something? <laughs> but, uh, I don't know. Uh, watching the E3 stuff. It's weird because when the last generation came out, I remember looking at it and being like, these graphics are honestly kind of lame, and I thought that this was like the graphics that we've had for years now, and they're only just coming, I guess, to consoles because I was mostly like looking at PC stuff. So while PC graphics had been going up and up, console graphics were only now just catching up to last year's stuff. But like now, I don't know. <laughs> but how far do we really need to go or want to go with this stuff, I guess? Honestly, graphics have sort of reached a point where I don't really see a whole lot of difference between things that are supposed to be radically different. Like, I can sort of notice the difference between Wii graphics and, like, you know, the 360 PS3 graphics. But honestly, if no one had told me that there were different specs, I wouldn't have chalked it up to the consoles. I would have chalked it up to individual games. Yeah, and I guess that's kind of part of my deal is uh, there's one thing to say about, like, realism and stuff, but if you're just going for, like, a stylized game, it kind of doesn't matter, like, how many polygons can fit into your game. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the time I think that the H, if you work with HD to make it look better instead of look realistic necessarily, yeah. it can do a lot better, like... For some, and this was just, you know, based on what little I saw, but, like, Mario Kart 8 looks really good to me. Hmm. Like, the footage that I saw looks, like, visually, it looks actually pretty good, considering it's just, you know, (laughs) Mario Kart 8. Yeah. Well, like, you know, again, going back to stylized versus realistic, like, it's one thing, you know, to have... This dog, which is, like, using textures based on a real Mm. Navy service dog or whatever, like, okay, there's kind of a difference there, but, like, how much more definition can you get to Mario? Like, his hat, instead of having, you know, 380 polygons, now has 3,080 polygons that makes it much rounder. But that, I think, is a lot of what the problem is with graphics, is that they put so much time and effort into... Increasing polygon count, making everything look smoother and better and awesome, and putting so much of their budget into that for games that don't need it. <laughs> There's some games that benefit from that. Some games look great, like Mass Effect was a nice-looking game, and it, it utilized that well. But games like Mario... <laughs> There's there's a point where you're like, okay, we don't need that hat to be any smoother. I, I get it. Like... For, I was listening, I was watching some of the videos where Sakurai was talking about Smash Brothers, and he was talking about the two different graphical styles of the 3DS and the Wii U. Oh. And he said, rather than just make the 3DS the Wii U graphics, but just lower quality, 
they went in a, a different style direction that sort of made it pop out a little more because they out they would outline the characters and it also made it easier to play oh yeah i saw that so since it's like smaller it's easier to see things when they're outlined mm-hmm. so and that that would be a situation where you treat the graphics and how they affect the gameplay instead of just solely looking good yeah i didn't see that that's a good idea that's good that's good of them to put the effort into that yeah Instead of just having a lame port that they actually make it fit the system that it's on. Yeah. But uh, I guess it's always been something that I've seen, like, looking basically at uh, Western games versus Japanese games, uh, at least historically. You know, things back on the NES and the Super Nintendo. uh, Like, compare the graphics of Street Fighter to the graphics of Mortal Kombat. And (laughs) at the time... You know, Americans were all about like, oh, we need super realistic graphics. We've got pictures of real people. It's like, this looks hideous. <laughs> Whereas they actually took the time to learn how to put the art onto the system that it was on and look good on the system that it was on for Street Fighter 2. And the graphics still look good today because they focused not on trying to make it look super realistic, but just to look good on the system, you know? Yeah. And I feel like that held Western games back a lot back then. And now that's not as big of an issue since systems can actually handle it. And now is when you start getting into uh, good Western games like Mass Effect and Bioshock and whatever. But then you end up with stuff that's in between, like, uh, what was it, Borderlands, where it's still sort of a comic book stylized thing and having it be more and more polygons doesn't really affect it as much as Call of Duty, you know. Mm-hmm. To that effect, um, one of the things I've kind of heard a lot, if you remember when L.A. Noir was coming out, the big thing that they pushed was how they got, like, oh. real actors to, like, get their yeah, the faces facial, hooked up. Yeah. yeah, I remember. And, like, how that was supposed to be really realistic. But then, like, what I heard a lot of people talking about is how they had, like, these really realistic faces, but then, like, the bodies that those were attached to <laughs> were still, like, video games, like, basic. So they had these, like, realistic faces, but just, like, bodies that didn't move, like, people I wouldn't at say all. it was ridiculous, but <laughs> there was a difference. You could see the face was really detailed, but the rest of the body may not have been. At least on console, it wasn't as detailed. I never played it, so I've just heard, but that's what I've heard. And that's sort of to the effect of if you're going to... I mean, there's going to be a disconnect if you don't keep the quality. Yeah. can't just say, oh, this part is realistic, so the whole thing will be better. Because it's going to contrast it against the rest of your game. Yeah, you could see it, but it wasn't too bad. But I have a feeling, given time, when we look back at it, we'll be like, that looks stupid. <laughs> well, uh... When they were giving the Call of Duty demo during the Xbox One reveal, I do remember... The fish moved out of the way. Well, I do remember they had this, uh, I mean, you know, they were showing the the characters, and, like, one guy was standing around, and he was kind of shuffling and stuff, and it just looked weird, and it took me a minute to figure out... It's because even though they, like, motion-captured his, like, body motion and stuff, I don't... I guess they don't do that for the face, or they can't, for one reason or another, do that for the face. So even though he's, like, moving realistically, 
He's just got this like blank stare on his face, <laughs> and it still holds it back. And I feel like it's not really, it's not quite a graphical issue. It's just like a weird, you know, uncanny valley sort of. I don't know how they would fix it other than putting little <laughs> shiny things on your face and taking pictures. Yeah. Or putting a helmet on your face so that you can't see emotional expression. That's true. Just assume. Yes. The best graphics are in your imagination. Oh, but uh. I don't have anything to contribute to the con the the uh, discussion. By the way, sorry. Right. Yeah. How are they? I haven't played a game with modern like I haven't played a game in HD. Period. I don't know, like video games graphics. Like we can talk about old school video game graphics. Do you like pixels? <laughs> when they. Started the naming the consoles after graphics. Yeah. And what's the difference between what? Yeah, what's a pixel and a polygon? A uh, pixel is just a dot, and a polygon is a... It's not attached to the dots. It's in 3D magical space that then is represented in pixels. Wait, 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 what? Yes, it's magic. Okay. Like, it, it's... Polygons are, like, the 3D... Like the actual 3D art yeah, well, and graphic quality, instead of like in older games where it was like an illusion. Mm-hmm. More, this is more like when they make the graphics, like they make the 3D shapes. Yes, because uh, you will still be seeing pixels in the end, like every. Yeah, that's what I was gonna get to. It's like so, it's all pixels, but they make it as polygons. Yes, like the underlying thing is unrelated to what you see on the screen. Like, it's not directly related, whereas, you know, on the NES, it was pixel to pixel. So I have dodecahedrons and everything. As many as you want. It's like 2D characters are to pixels as 3D characters are to polygons, I guess, sort of. The building. Maybe. So what's next? What are we moving to next? Uh, unigons. Ooh. I don't know. That would just be one shape, wouldn't it? Oh, I guess it. I guess no. It would be omnigons. <laughs> so next. Video games I in the fifth dimension. And all dimensions. Mm-hmm. You know, the Jetsons didn't play a lot of video games. Yeah, for being in the future. I guess I, I that guess... means the whole industry is going to crash. <laughs> I, I was pretty. When was the Jetsons supposed to take place? Uh, around now, actually, was it? <laughs> the early 2000s. Was it the 2000s or was it like the 2100s? No, I think it was the 2000s. Hold on. Jetsons. 2062. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. Oh, so it was 100 years, years after the show aired. Yeah. Yeah, video games are totally going to crash. Yeah. Gotcha. We've only got another 50 years. Make it last. Well, I guess and women are going to go back to being housewives, apparently, working... Okay. And everyone's going to have a domestic servant robot. Woo! Well, then why do you need a housewife? <laughs> but, uh... Seriously, what does his wife do all day long? <laughs> she doesn't do anything. Thinking, Surely this is the time for women's lib and some independence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. Well, I guess as video games are getting more and more realistic, we'll have less of a need for them. Like, we'll just end up being like, you know, yeah, that's what's going to happen, is that video games are going to get so realistic that people are just going to go, I'm just going to go outside. Well, Jetty, that was that was a fabricated news that all video games are going to be FMV games in the future. Oh, yeah, I saw that. 
Because the systems will have more, you know, pixel capabilities than the human eyes. Yeah. Now, I think uh, Paul referenced that recently, didn't he? Well, that was something which happened during uh, E3 2013. Microsoft is introducing, like, video games slash TV hybrids. Oh, yeah. So, like, some Halo TV show where you get to decide the action. Oh, that always goes wonderfully. The Gates of Life? Yeah, yeah. No, no, it's it's like the Nancy Drew series where they let the readers decide the action. And so I think the readers just decided to troll the Nancy Drew series. It's like, sure, have her dump her boyfriend. <laughs> They've only been going out for 50 years. Is she going out with one of the Hardy Boys? Um, no, they immediately retconned that series. Oh. <laughs> that, that was the 90s series, and the next series immediately, guess what, she's back with him. Wow. It never happened. She did not go to college. That was just a dream. <laughs> it was a play. Ah, uh, the 90s. Yeah, video games. I don't because I guess uh, I just feel like a game, you know, everyone's favorite Castlevania Symphony of the Night, like... It's still... Is that an SNES one? No, that was for PlayStation. Oh, okay. Well, but it had never that mind. Was, I never that played like, either of them. So. Wasn't that like one of the first ones to coin the term like Metroidvania? Yeah, well, it's the one that most yeah. people refer to like with that concept. Like it, instead of just going like straight through his castle, like in a predetermined path, you were allowed to freely roam throughout the castle, do whatever you want. And uh, added, like, RPG elements to the uh, side-scrolling shooter sort of thing. And And really, don't they limit it, kind of, with your abilities? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're, like, if you don't have the double jump, then you can't go over here and that kind of thing, but still... uh, Yeah, 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 that's what I was referring to, because every Castlevania game I've played does that, and so it's not really as open as it pretends to be. Yeah, but, I mean, uh, you can't, like, in the original games, you can't go backwards. Like, there is no just going back to the first level and leveling up. And, oh. I mean, in, yeah. In the first Mario, there literally is no going backwards. Yes. What was it? But, like, I guess what my point is, is that sort of, like, graphical style is still somewhat valid. Like, it's aged a bit, but uh, you can update some of that and still have a pretty-looking game. Uh, and I feel like, again, if you just had nice 2D graphics... Where are your polygons now? Oh, burn. So, okay, how about quick list of games that looked really good when they came out and have aged terribly Mortal in terms Kombat. of how they look? Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, Mortal Kombat. What else? Like, personally, well, I never... I'm going to look that up now. I never... Is combat spelled with a C or a K? Okay. Because it's supposed to be spelled with a C, but I think they changed it to a K to be edgy. Yes, because this was the 90s. Crazy. Yes, they don't care about society's rules. <laughs> yeah. Using Cs. No. These must be pictures of modern Mortal Kombat, because these all look kind of nice. <laughs> <laughs> like, personally, I never liked the graphics of Donkey Kong Country, that, like, pre-rendered 3D, or uh, the Super Mario RPG. You guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I've I heard of Super say that Mario I dislike RPG, them, but I do. They do look a little. They look. I wouldn't say they're bad, but I'd say they do look dirty-ish in comparison. Yeah, like, those are really dirty polygons, man. Well, they kind of are, like, cause uh, 
you know, it's rendered in 3D like it's pre-rendered in 3D, like it's not actual real 3D. It was at one point, and then they translated it into pixels, and then it's just like a image. But the point is, uh, the graphics looked really gross because they weren't meant to be on the uh, Super Nintendo, basically. Like, they were trying to look advanced, and uh, instead, like you said, like it does kind of look dirty. It doesn't look clean uh, like the stuff in Street Fighter 2, once again. Or in other 2D Mario games like Super Mario World, it looks clean and smooth, and the stuff in Mario RPG didn't quite fit with the system. I guess I kind of think, and again, it's like not bad, but like on the other side of the spectrum is sort of like Super Mario 64, which has very clear and rather plain polygons yeah. with like kind of cheesy special effects. <laughs> yeah. Like the sparkles and all that. Yeah. That are like clearly like 2D pictures designed to just look the same from every angle. Yeah, yeah. The art style in the game is very clearly, we're just getting used to this 3D stuff. Yeah. Well, like uh, the original, well, most of the early 3D games like Doom, where all the enemies are just sprites that stay facing you no matter how, you know, which direction you face. They are flat to you. That kind of stuff does look goofy. But uh, but again, being that, like like you were saying, the 3D part actually looks reasonable on the 64 because it was meant for the system, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, even though it has aged a bit because it has fewer polygons than we like. His hat only has 12 polygons in it. You call that a hat. <laughs> But, uh, I wonder how many polygons Porygon has. So yeah, video mm. games. This is so confusing. I think you can count. Let me go look up Porygon. I'm sure someone has counted. Because like, I mean, do you ever see it from like a different angle than the like default? Well, I mean, there are three. There, there have been Pokemon games with 3D in them oh. that have been 3D. So hmm. surely there have been some 3D renders of Porygon. <laughs> Yeah, there have to be, because... Ironically, um, he's the only one that was ever always done with sprites. Because <laughs> um, he was one of the original 150, so he would have been in Pokemon Stadium. Jetty's counting. Sorry, like, I'm trying to... Like, I'm vaguely counting based off of, like, the one... Oh, <laughs> sorry, there's this one that's made out of paper craft. Does that count? I don't know, I don't think it does, because it has extra things that make tabs and stuff. Here, these ones in this picture, but somebody made their own 3D rendering of Porygon. I don't know. Let's just say 50. Let's say 64. People like the number 64. Mm-hmm. Nice round number. Yes, if you work in hexadecimal. Doesn't everybody? Do we have people who are working in like base 19? Probably. Oh, I'd say okay. we probably have like F people. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's probably how many people are... Why is it I understand that, but I don't understand what this <laughs> rendering stuff is? This is... I studied the wrong things in college. Well, everybody did, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> yep. I do like my, uh, my advertisement for Runner Girl, where I say that I push the limits of the Xbox 360 by using four colors across two dimensions. <laughs> Yeah, that that's a good question. 
do, do systems determine how many colors you can have? Is there like a color you can't display on the NES, for example? Uh, yeah, like they actually, not only do they have like a palette that like gives you literally the colors that you can choose from, which is why uh, they actually don't have some colors like yellow. They actually have to use like a golden orange sort of color. Uh, they also don't have a lot of like browns and stuff. You end up having like a red or like a purple in its place. Hmm. And there are weird, weird things. Uh, every in every eight by eight block, you can only have three different colors. And like the amount of colors per line, like per scan line and stuff, it gets really weird and complex to what is actually physically capable on the NES. It's like wow, a graphical those sound Sudoku. Like, yeah, sound like horrible restrictions. Why would anybody bother making an NES game? But you can do a lot with the color blue. Okay, fine. I'll make NES games now. Like, uh, but that's why a lot of games ended up with the sprite flicker. Like, uh, if you've ever tried to play the Ninja Turtles 2 on the NES. Oh, I would have gone for Mega Man 2. Make fun yeah, of that. Yeah, that's true. Because it is a horrible, horrible game with lots of sprite flicker. And that's just me being a jerk because everybody loves that game. It's a good game. Yes, luckily Nathaniel Hoover isn't here. Well, he, he, would, he would sort of agree. He doesn't <laughs> yeah, like Mega Man 2 as much. Sprite flicker doesn't exist because yes. they really love the game. Because that's his comic. <laughs> Get it? Because Nathaniel Hoover has the comic sprite flicker, not Game Cool Death. <laughs> yes. Ha ha ha. <laughs> but uh I don't know, video games. So wait, so what does cause sprite flicker then? No, okay, uh they can only show so many sprites on a given line. So like you have the background and then you have all the little characters on top of it. And literally if it gets past a certain number of them, it's just like I'm gonna skip and I'm not gonna display anymore. Like I'm just gonna stop here. That's why like sometimes when you're at the top of the screen in a Mega Man game the health bar will kinda go weird. Yeah. Because also, you said yellow was a hard color to do when the health bar is yellow, so that might be part of it. Well, it literally doesn't exist in the uh, in the palette. Like, let me see if I can find the NES palette for you. But it, yeah, it, how many colors are in the, the NES palette? The illusion of yellow is harder to make oh, because you have to blend colors. Which is interesting because one of the bad guys in Mega Man is the yellow devil. Yeah, but uh, they use sort of a gold. Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, hold on. Let me show you this. And you will notice that they have a gold and a sort of, like, yellow-green. And I guess they do have a brown. Yeah, you're right. That's not much of a yellow. Yeah, like, you have two choices. 28 is probably the yellow devil. Yeah. And uh, I think it's also the Mario coin color. Mm -hmm. They, They probably put the two next to each other. Yeah. And then we'll surround it by corresponding colors that make it uh, stand out more as yellow. Although I find it weird that like all of the colors, like all the ones on the far right, are just black. But I think those might be specialty, like uh, transparent or something. I'm sure there's some reason to it, limitation or something they were reserving. Mm-hmm. Like maybe those, like I think there are extra sound channels that you could get in NES programming, but, like, could only be played on, like, the Famicom. Well, I know uh, the cartridges themselves could come with their own little expansion slots, and that's how some of the fancy games 
with fancy stuff expanded how many square waves they could play or whatever. Like, I think I heard that the, the Famicom um, had those installed into it, but the NES didn't. Oh, weird. Which would be, which yeah, which is odd, because the Famicom came first, so you think it would be well, the lesser... They actually did remove a lot of stuff, like, uh, I mean, the original Famicom had two directly connected controllers, and uh, the Player 2 controller came with a microphone in it. Hmm. Uh, but it also had a bunch of like expansion stuff, like the Famicom Disk System or the Modem. Oh yeah, the Modem. Wh- which games were used with the Modem? Wasn't there a popular series where you could like download extra Zelda levels or something? Yeah, or you could go online and you could check the weather or like stock prices or something. I think we talked about this in the last podcast. So Wait, basically... could you do that with Wall Street Kid? Just check real life stock prices. I think Matt... while playing Wall Street Kid. I think Matt Jonas or Stu Jip, one of them, they're both the same. Yeah, I think I remember this. Yeah, they said something about, they made a joke about Wall Street Kid, actually. Oh, never mind then. I thought I was being clever and original. Apparently I was just listening to the previous podcast. Well, turn it around and make a joke about bravely defaulting on the Flying Fairy Company. Well, I already did that. (laughs) I made the video out of it, remember? (laughs) Yes. Speaking of microphones did anyone ever have the gamecube mic like the thing you plugged into the b slot of the memory card part no did anyone ever have that i don't think i ever did work with yeah i think didn't it work with like a pinball game it worked with at least two of the mario party games because i think i got it with the i think it came bundled with them and then there were a couple easter eggs that it worked with like in have you ever heard of the game Chibi Robo? Yeah. You, you, there was like an Easter egg where if you like plugged it in and shot it into the mic, it would like surprise the character. <laughs> oh. But most sort of it was I don't think it was used in a lot of games. It's sort of like the Pokemon thing where Pokemon is sort of the only thing that uses all of the special features of the handheld systems. It's gonna bother me now. I think it was like a pinball game. Odama. I think that one used yeah, that one used the microphone. It was Tactical Wargaming and Pinball. <laughs> Crossover games. Oh, wait, no, that's I've really... never wanted to play a game more now. <laughs> Crossover genres. Ridiculous. With a microphone. What does the microphone even do? I don't even know. Let's see. So what, oh, you just say, like, left right? Man, I was, uh, I was making jokes with Paul Franzen because he's a big fan of Lifeline, the game where you have to, like, tell the character what to do. <laughs> uh, but no, I was saying that uh, I want to make a game... That's like cross-platform PlayStation 4 and Xbox One, but there's going to be a puzzle that involves turning boxes on and off, and there will be O boxes and X boxes, and the only way to solve the puzzle is by saying Xbox off. So you know, <laughs> your system turns off in the one and in the other, it, you can actually complete the game. Oh, you're a troll. <laughs> See, that's the joke. Okay. I like Isn't it. they're like in like a. Metal Gear Solid game where like you have to there's a part where you come up and you have to plug your controller into the player two port. Yeah, that's the fight it. against um uh, well I can't think of his name the guy at the end of the original Metal Gear Solid Mantis Psycho Mantis. Oh. Yeah, it was very neat at the time. You put it in the second controller and he would totally break the fourth wall and be like, "I'm talking to you now. <laughs> I'm gonna make your controller move." <laughs> Or did it vibrate or something? <laughs> yeah, it just, it just vibrated. 
but I mean, at that time, it was like, oh my god, what's happening? Well, uh, I see you play in Castlevania, and it would like read your memory card. <laughs> That's funny. No, <laughs> well, like I was also talking to Paul about uh, what was it, the X Men game for like the Genesis or whatever, where it required you start you... as well, a it... different person. Well, it required you to hit the reset button in the middle of the game. Oh, did it? Yeah. It did weird things with the reset button. Like, that game, it would forego all those legal screens you see right in the beginning of every other game, and it would just shoot you right into the training area Hmm. with a random character. Oh, weird. So you could just keep hitting reset and be like, no, I don't want to be Nightcrawler. No, I don't want to be Cyclops. No, I don't want to be Gambit. Okay, Wolverine. Well, because, like, at some point it tells you, like, oh, you need to restart the computer, like, in the game. And the way that you do that is you have to hit reset on the system. But it was, like, it was genius, but it was also, like, if you hit it for, you know, one quarter of a second instead of one-eighth of a second, you would start back from the beginning. (laughs) (laughs) I would be too scared to take that leap of faith. I wouldn't even know what to do. I would just sit there and wait for the internet to be invented so I could go to games. (laughs) <laughs> and, I don't know, or uh, Monster Rancher, where you had to like put in real CDs to generate your monster, and w- what CD you put in determined what monster you got. Oh, really? That sounds really cool. Oh, you didn't? You never played that? No. I'm gonna be doing a a memory cards, uh, my new c- column on GamePolo.net. Uh, I'm gonna be doing one of those about uh, Monster Rancher eventually. And yeah, like it was a sort of Pokemon type game where you raise a monster, but the monster that you start out with, you, like, go to the shrine, and you, you know, put in a monster disc in the shrine, and it tells you to basically open the PlayStation, take out your CD, and put a different CD in. And based on what you put in, uh, you would get a different monster. And apparently, there were, like, special ones that, like, very specific CDs, like, apparently a bunch of Christmas CDs would generate Santa monsters. Or, huh. Like, I don't know. That's interesting. And, hey, what, what system is that for? PS1? Yeah, the original PlayStation. Huh, I'm curious about In that now. Mario Kart, and I think they did this with a couple other games, but like, if you had a Mario... This is Mario Kart Wii. If you had a Mario Galaxy file in your memory card or in your memory, then the character Rosalina would be easier to unlock in Mario Kart than otherwise like you only had to like play like 10 races or something rather than like beat 100 cc like gold trophies on all the 100 cc i feel like there were other games that did that like where if you had a save file of another game on the memory card you could do other stuff yeah that'd be perfect for like a super smash brothers game or something they made it way too easy to unlock characters in Brawl because you could just play through the story campaign and it would just unlock them all. That was pretty easy. I took the fun out of it. I don't know. Is it really fun to start the game without the characters you want there and you have to unlock them? <laughs> on one hand, I like having everyone available, but on the other hand, once I do, I'm like, there, I'm done! And I just stop playing. Yeah. My favorite games are the ones where you have to pay for the characters you want to play as. <laughs> That's really oh, yeah. the future. <laughs> yes, the future of gaming. Yeah, so that's why, don't, that's why they don't play video games on the Jetsons. It's because, you know, DLC is just too much. Yeah. 
you buy the disc and then you just get the DLC. Like, the disc doesn't have anything on it except, like, well, a connection so that you can buy the DLC. It has all the DLC content on it already. You just have to pay to unlock it. Mm-hmm. But you still have to pay $60 for the disc. I mean, yeah. that stuff costs money. Yeah. yeah, I mean, printing the disc. We had to put this, like, fancy thing, like, this fancy piece of paper on the front. Yeah. And we had to, we had this, like, $6 million drill that we used to put that hole in the middle. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think you understand. That hole in the middle is, like, like, you think donuts <laughs> are hard to make? Or, uh, you know, the little box that it comes in? <laughs> yes. Like, uh, in the future, it's, like... 50 times as big to like so because the, they need to find a way to justify the price but like you actually open it and it's mostly just air well that's what games used to be like <laughs> like i remember when they switched from the like huge boxes to the little like book size boxes and i remember being disappointed uh i think my first game that i bought like that was final fantasy 11 i was like what is this this isn't a game like this is just a tiny little book box Where's my game? I want, like, the giant, like, you know, almost a foot tall video game. I box. want waste. <laughs> like, I really... I want the manual, which is 100 pages and contains all the information which should have been in the game. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's supposed to tell me the names of the characters and why they're doing what they're doing so that they don't have to say it in the game. Well, there's, there's actually, like, a Sherlock Holmes game, I think. I don't know if the series got off the ground, but it was supposed to be, like, game novels where you have to read the entire novel, which is the, uh, the whatever you call it, manual, yeah. in order to actually beat the game. <laughs> it's like, because they don't introduce any of the characters in the Sherlock Holmes games. It's all there in the novel, which came with the game. <laughs> so it's I more remember like to make sure you read it. In... <laughs> Pokemon, the third generation of Pokemon, the third generation of Pokemon, they got hooked on using Braille for puzzles. <laughs> and like in, I think it was in the Ruby and Sapphire, the manuals, and like on one of the pages it had like a Braille code. But I don't think anyone used the manuals <laughs> because then in the later games, there was a manual, like an emerald, the manual didn't have the code in it. And one of the place, like the first places that you would come upon that had it where you could do something um, had like a bunch of stone pillars in it that like listed braille letters in alphabetical order. Interesting. So they just put it in the game instead because nobody read the manual. That's actually kind of like uh, Duck Hunt. It became a huge thing a few years ago on the internet that, holy crap, if you plug a controller into the second uh, second plug... You can control the duck. Oh yeah. And nobody knew. Apparently, nobody knew that. Yeah. I knew that. I used to. I used to like troll my brother all the time. I'd walk by and I'd make the duck move out of his way. But yeah. I guess I. I didn't know it was a big secret. But I guess it was in the instruction manual, and no one ever read it. Well, uh, I remember a lot of PC games back in the day would like five minutes into the game, ask you like what's the fourth word in the fifth paragraph on, like, page 27 of the manual? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. or as an anti-piracy measure or whatever. I do remember Dune 2 specifically, like, instead of just asking you randomly, it would be, like, in between missions, your uh, advisor or whatever would be like, there's a spy among us. In order to uh, make sure that you're not a spy, 
what is the armor class of this structure? And it would like show you a picture and you're supposed to just type four. The answer was four. <laughs> I just <laughs> guessed and I got it right. <laughs> but uh, apparently that was supposed to be their version of looking in the manual. But I like that they actually like included a reason for it into the game. Yeah, I like that when they integrated it at least. Yeah, no. Um, I recently saw that what's that game? King's Quest Three or whatever that Nathaniel Hoover was playing. Yeah. The uh, potion making challenge, which is about thirty percent of the game, is actually just a super complicated. Do you have the manual puzzle? <laughs> and so that's why he playing the remake was unable to really solve that challenge. Wow. Without dying over and over and over again. That's funny. <laughs> I don't know, uh, so what do they do nowadays to ensure there's no piracy, Jetty? <laughs> I mean, how are you going to make sure people aren't stealing Runner Girl? Well, that's why I make it for the Xbox and not for the PC. <laughs> but that's also why uh, no one likes SimCity. If you've heard about the uh, debacle mm. with trying to log into SimCity because it was it required always online so that it could like determine if your uh, serial key was legal. So this but is they made SimCity. It. What system was this for? PC? PC. PC. But they made it sound like they they said that it was integral to how the game worked. Like the game wouldn't was supposed to like like they couldn't have done it any other way. It's how they designed the game. And then someone like yeah. cracked it and figured out that like the game ran absolutely fine <laughs> yeah. without the online DRM. Yeah, they were like, It's not DRM, it's an online game. This is how it has to be played, yeah. And then yeah, they found out, no, it doesn't have to be this way. Even though most people knew because, like, they could keep playing even when their internet connection went out. Oh. Yeah. But then, like, it would delete everything they did. Oh. Yeah. No, and then just, uh, for those who don't know, they had huge issues with their servers going down with everyone trying to log in to play. So, mm-hmm. wonderful. Didn't a well, similar I... thing happen to Diablo 3? Did it? Yeah. Not like, nearly as serving. bad, but it was still pretty well, yeah, bad. Because they didn't, they didn't have always online requirements, but a lot of people wanted to play online, and no one could get in. Oh no, Diablo 3 is always online. It is? Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. That's why they were having those problems, because everyone had to get online, and they did not allot enough bandwidth or whatever for that. Yeah. So what ended up happening that didn't make it as bad as SimCity? Yeah, they, they recovered from that a little bit, but... SimCity is still pretty pretty hated for that. Actually, another thing about piracy and anti-piracy stuff was uh, there was a game, an indie game that came out recently that was like indie game developer, like yeah. oh yeah that yeah or in- I heard this indie game craft or whatever, and uh, they themselves put out a pirated version that was hacked so that uh, if you played the pirated version pirates would always uh you know take all of your sales for your game and you could never win and then people yeah. would like complain on the forum like oh this game's too hard i keep getting hit by pirates it's like yeah. <laughs> well you just revealed that you <laughs> pirated the game so. i thought that was really smart of them i liked that very i think poetic. i saw like one or two posts of people who thought that like the action was unjustified even of though, course like, they did. If, yeah. Even though, like, you, it was, like, halfway through the game when that kicked in. Yeah. So, like, even the people who say, oh, I'm just trying it out and I'll buy it if I like it, 
Yeah. They're halfway through the game. Yeah, how much do you need to play <laughs> to know? I hope it's an exaggeration, but someone tells me it may not be. It's like someone was jokingly saying, I pirated Skyrim to see if I li- liked it enough to buy it, and after 60 hours, I decided I didn't. After 500 <laughs> hours, I decided this game's too boring. <laughs> it's too long. <laughs> well, you know, something I... I don't know how I'm going to put this with the piracy, but I kind of want to pirate some old games, so like games in the early 90s that I can't legitimately get anymore. So piracy is my only option, but I don't know how that will work in the future. Yeah. Like, are they games of, like, developers that are no longer around? Well, here's one game I'm thinking. Um, The Vampire Diaries game, made made in 1996 by the company who makes the Nancy Drew games. They've like since completely disowned this game and pretend they never made it ever. But because now it's like a big TV show and everything, like if you want to get the original box copy in 1996, it, it costs like six hundred dollars. Wow! And so that's like, the I don't have six hundred dollars to play a three CD game from 1996. Well, uh, to change the topic slightly, but still, uh, Paul has been going on about like digital games on consoles and stuff because like if the xbox one required you to be online in order to play well what happens you know 20 years from now when they no longer support the xbox one or like what's going to happen to all of our xbox live indie games when they stop supporting xbox live like you won't be able to play the games that you bought because they're stuck on this system that's no longer able to connect and that's one reason I was really not interested in Xbox One at the time before they reversed it all. Yeah. But the idea that all these games I'm buying, one day Microsoft will say, just kidding, you don't own those anymore, goodbye. Yeah. I didn't like that at all, because I go back and I play my games a lot. Backward compatibility is backward thinking. <laughs> I mean, that's one of the reasons I like the Wii and Wii U so much, is that they have super backwards compatibility. Like... Technically, on the Wii, you can play games from pretty much all Nintendo consoles. Especially if you, you put can... an emulator on it. <laughs> yes. But, like, you can play NES through Nintendo 64 on the shop channel, getting mm-hmm. virtual console. And then you can play GameCube games because it's backwards compatible. So, pretty much any remotely popular game, aside from Earthbound, back when it was just the Wii. <laughs> Uh, you could buy and play. Mm-hmm. Do the games you I, bought on the Wii transfer over to the Wii U? Um, yes, but oh, if you wanted, nice. like, but like the Wii U versions, if you buy them, like, they can do some stuff with the gamepad. Whereas if you just transfer your Wii versions over, they'll they won't do those special things. Like, with, you could play it on the gamepad, but like, if you have it transferred over from your Wii, then they only cost like a dollar or less to buy from the Wii U shop. Like, you get a big discount if you already own it and just want the Wii U version. Hmm. And so what is also... the... So how does the Wii U gamepad work? Because it sounds like you own a Wii U, and I've never I really do. seen the gamepad. Is it really just an iPad with buttons? Not, I mean... How large not, is it? It's, it's not as big as you would think, I guess. It's not the screen is definitely not as big as an iPad, but I mean you don't what you don't really the iPad use it. Mini? I don't I don't know how big one of those are. I I don't. See, it's own like one. an iPad, but it's smaller. So. <laughs> but um, like 
you you spend a lot of the time holding it like a controller. It feels more like an enhanced version of the bottom of a DS than an iPad. Mm-hmm. Okay, so do you I, really I would say that use was... that? Because, you know, some games they say you have the it option of using the Wii the mode. So, yeah, it does depend on the game. Okay. Video games. Man, so there's like it a de- screen and the controller. Jeez. Yeah. It depends on the game. Like, um, Nintendo Land is a lot more fun than I would have thought because it seems like just a mini game collection. But it's the way they use the gamepad is really fun, like especially the Luigi's Mansion game because one of the things it does is it gives you asymmetrical like information. So the person who's the ghost is invisible to all the other players and it's like actually invisible. Whereas like, you know, any other mini game Everyone has the same amount of information. Yeah. So, and it works really well because you're like actually like sneaking up on people, and that's a lot more fun than it sounds. <laughs> <laughs> so, so do they actually have games where it's like you have to hold your um, gamepad up to the screen in a specific position? Yes, and I don't really know how those works because one of the issues I have is my house has a wireless security system. And we figured out that that's kind of interfering with the gamepad. Hmm. Because on all other accounts, I've heard the gamepad works really well. Like, the wireless connection works really well. But because of the art, like, there's a wireless signal going through pretty much my entire house. It, like, unless you're really close to it, it can freeze up. And if you're moving it around too much. But when it's working, it, it's a lot of fun. But just the way my house is. Hmm. Kind of messes mm-hmm. with it, but like games like um, the Metroid game is a lot of fun. Whoa, there's a Metroid game for the Wii the, U. The the Metroid Nintendo Land game. Oh, okay, never mind. You had me excited there for a moment. Hmm. Sorry. When's the next Metroid game coming out? Oh wait, it's never been announced. Well, they made Metroid Mother M, and everyone hated it, so they probably had to scale back any plans that they had. I thought it's sad the that they, they take that as that... we don't like Metroid. Yeah. When the actual the actuality is we didn't like Metroid Other M. Yeah. Well, even still, they probably planned to have more games in that style. Yeah. And they were probably working on it while Metroid Other M was being released, and they probably had to make a whole lot of changes once Metroid Other M was such a big flop. <laughs> Just hand it off to a different gaming company, isn't that what... But if, oh. if the other gaming company had already started... If the first... Whatever the gaming company that they gave it to, if they were already working on it, then they're going to have to rescale. They're going to have to start over. And making a video game takes a long time. Can't they just copy-paste everything from the previous game? But they can't because no one liked the previous game. Aww. I mean, come on, Michael. What is this? Mega Man? Yeah, okay. <laughs> It's different people liked that one. Mega Man 8. It's funny because Metroid Other M had a lot of repeat bosses and things, but I don't think anybody played long enough to notice it. The only thing Mega Man 8 copied and pasted was itself. But that sounds like a story for another podcast. Yeah, and then Zelda 4 basically copied Super Mario 64's engine. I think that this podcast is wrapping up. We're closing in on two whole hours. Mm. Oh. Okay. No, I think this was a good podcast. We actually talked about video games and stuff. Hooray! Crippled people in Disneyland. Yeah. <laughs> Exploitation. Yes. But, uh, 
Yeah, thank you everyone for being here. Uh, oh, what is it? Yes, to you who are listening, please visit our actual internet website. We do have a website in case you're listening to this on iTunes or YouTube or something. Uh, Gamecola.net Or if you're listening to this on our actual internet website, you can visit our YouTube channel, gc.net. Or you can follow us on Twitter, at Gamecola. Uh, You can search for us on Facebook, where we're Gamecola. Uh, We're also on iTunes, just search for Gamecola. Just go around and search any any program or website that you go on. Just search for Gamecola and see if we're there. Uh, That will future-proof this message, so in case we add something, just go search for Gamecola. Make sure it's us, though, and not one of the other game colas. Yeah, not that gamecola.com or that, like, Chinese game cola. Like, I don't know what that was about. Actually, what was it? Cola Chief on Twitter, Paul's old account, has already been taken by some other guy. Oh, I should have yeah. thought of that. I should have <laughs> snapped up immediately, yeah, like, was, almost. Yeah, it was, like, within a couple days. And apparently, like, Paul messaged him at some point. And the dude was like, yeah, I was surprised that it was open. <laughs> well, Coca-Cola's, you know, in like two years going to take over uh, Game Cola. It's going to sue us for the property. Actually, uh, did you... That's what Microsoft did with the Xbox One, right? Well, then, did you know that Coca-Cola apparently owns ah.com all the way out to like 20 A's or something like that? <laughs> like... Wait, what? They, well, they were like... Coca-Cola is so refreshing that we registered ah.com, but because it's confusing to remember how many A's there are, we also registered ah.com, and ah.com, and ah.com, and like, they just kind of kept going and going. What about how many H's there are, though? No, I think it's all the same number of H's. I don't remember the exact, like... Wait, how many H's, though? Because I just tried, like, six A's, and then it killed me. Coke, uh... Hold on. Well, this isn't Spanish. No, this oh, isn't Spanish. This must was, be Portuguese. Maybe it was how many... No, that's Italian. Hold on. I think it was how many H's there are. Yeah, okay. And also, uh, like, hold on. I just put in five H's, and I get cat or not. Yeah, it, that's Coca-Cola. And I, yeah. But like, well, that is totally a cat. Oh, yes, that was a cat. Oh, I got 92 points. Oh, I got ahhh.com did get me to a Coke site. Yeah. This is not a cat. Oh, no, that was a cat. I was wrong. Wait, you're supposed to click before they show the entire picture? Yeah. That's lame. Hold on, but like, how many H's... Oh, weird, they're, they're all different this stuff. This is the worst game ever. Cherry Jack, for, how many... I, I didn't realize they're all different games or whatever every H you put in. Yeah. Wow. Like, so, yeah, Coca-Cola's gonna buy out Game Cola, just saying, in the future. How many... And then Game uh, Cola. I think... And Game Cola. Oh, yeah, yep. they, they stopped with the games, but they still own more and more H's. It just goes to the same site. And I'm getting a lot of H's here, just going to say. Oh, well, yeah, I've got a lot of H's in here, <laughs> and I'm at R27, apparently. Oh, oh I got one. How, how many is that? Let me see how many have... Whoops. How many have to go back? You're going to have to copy-paste it, yeah. Didn't GameCola.com recently stop being... What it used to be. Yeah, it recently died. Uh, Paul mm-hmm. was very happy. And he asked me if he should buy GameCola.com, and I told him no. How much did it cost? Uh, I don't remember. Probably just regular domain name fees. By the way, uh, this is the longest one that they have. Anything more than that, and it disappears. Yeah. That's quite a bit. 
has the podcast ended yet? Uh, okay, so... I think so, yeah. Okay, they, oh, okay, they got... Because I guess probably domain names can only let you have 64 characters. There are 63 H's. But yes, this game, or this podcast is over. Thank you, everyone, for being here. Christian Porter, Marco Gray, Joseph Martin, and everyone listening. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Bye, guys. I will play the song of thanks. <laughs> gave me a harmonica, it was a bad idea.